the Russian podcast. Для меня это все непонятно. And he said, well, the plumber's coming in the morning. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Russian pod. A podcast where we talk about Russia's past and present from perspective of someone who's lived there, someone who's visited, and someone who's never been. Hello, I'm Ryan. I'm Lisan. And I'm Abraham Flores. Today's episode is about Russian healthcare. Uh, Ryan had a chance to visit Russia this year in August and was very lucky to visit a couple Russian hospitals oh, yeah. and get an endoscopy. Plenty um, of insider experience here. <laughs> and um, endoscopy is a procedure for all of you who don't know, is when you basically shove a tube down your throat. With the camera. Uh, with the camera attached to it so that you can see what's going on and then in they the shove, stomach. And then they shove smaller um, wires actually down in there to test for um, acidity. Acidity, yeah. And then they pull something out as well, some sort of uh, they liquid. Take, they take biopsy, Like a I test, think? yeah. Oh, wow. um, here in America, you have to be asleep for this procedure, so it you takes... You don't have to be. Some people do elect to, to stay really? awake. Some people don't like um, anesthesia. Some people are actually allergic. Oh. Um, so people have religious beliefs. But you did it the Russian way. I Awake did it, for everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that it's an option in America because when I did endoscopy, I was in a hospital all day. They put me to sleep and then, you know, it took a while for anesthesiologists to take care of everything. And then I had the actual procedure. I had to take time off work, like the, that whole day. And the total cost was $7,000. <laughs> and I wasn't given an option not to have yeah, I would say, you know, if there's like a healthcare menu, <laughs> I would say the no anesthesia option is not on the menu. It's it's an off the menu request that you've got to you've uh, got to know the doctor. <laughs> okay. Know the know the chef. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to tell us how it went. Yeah. Um basically we walked in. Uh, your dad scheduled it I think maybe 4 days in advance. So more like two days in advance. Two event. days in advance. That's impressive. <laughs> so you have to wait like almost a month. Oh yeah, I waited two months for that. Wow. Whoa. Uh, we showed up to the hospital. It wasn't a hospital. It was like an outpatient, you know, medical facility. Was it like an old Soviet-style hospital? Where Every building in, in Russia windows. is old yeah, Soviet. Old Soviet. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing new. From the doctor's office, the specialist, specialty, whatever you want to call it, um, gastroologist, from her window, which was open. Uh, you could see a Russian Orthodox church with gold, you know, orb ceilings in the back. <laughs> was this in Moscow? No, was this is in um, Kazan. Kazan. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they were actually redoing the road that day with the window open. So that's why it was of, of importance. Hospitals <laughs> just, you know, letting asphalt smell just right on in. It's fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> but when you walk in, so this is a paid hospital. This mm -hmm. is not a part of the free healthcare no. system. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, in comparison, would that would be like a private hospital here? Yes, so. I mean, um, so the or way. For profit. Yeah, so right. now it's allowed for hospitals to operate um, in a for-profit manner. Mm -hmm. um, there is still a single-payer system in Russia, and the hospitals are actually um, funded by the government, are overseen by the government. 
uh, people pay in from their paychecks into the healthcare system. The hospital that we went to, and that's the only reason I was okay with Ryan going for the procedures of the hospital was a paid hospital. So you walk in, you pay in advance right away. And talking about healthcare menu, I mean, they do have like a menu where you can oh. choose from basically outlining how much it will cost, which is not a thing in America. You have to you know, contact your insurance, mm -hmm. you have to figure out how much it would actually cost you there, you know, in advance. So when Sounds we walked easier. in, it was so easy. Yeah, we walked basically. The only hard part was queuing up for paying because they don't queue in Russia. They just kind of like they all rush the counter, <laughs> and it's sort of like the first person to get seen is get. It's like a blob of people. Yeah. So there's no line. They don't Not know what really. lines are. No. It's it's kind of strange. Yeah, and so we walked in. We paid thirty one dollars mm -hmm. for endoscopy. First, before you walk in, by the way, you have to put on little protective. Um, slippers that go over your shoes so and, you won't drag in any bacteria uh -huh, yeah. or, <laughs> or asphalt because of the road. Yeah. <laughs> because of the road. I would say that was the only protective uh, procedure done in the entire hospital. Wow. <laughs> They're free and they are located in two trash bags, trash cans. Mm -hmm. One is for free, like boot Ziploc bags, and they're blue. They're always blue. Always blue. Um, they kind of look like. Um, shower ha shower caps. Yeah, they nice. kind of look like that, but they're transparent version. and blue. Mm -hmm. And so one trash can is full of clean ones. The ones that were washed, they're not new. They were washed. Oh. And then another trash can is for dirty ones. Mm -hmm. And so that's really the only disinfection. So why would they have dirty ones? Because then you exit the hospital out. and you have to mm -hmm. dispose of them. Mm -hmm. um, oh, oh so, okay, so okay, I got it. Yeah. I, I thought I thought you, you had to choose between the used ones and the dirty ones. <laughs> no, was like dealer's choice. Uh, I take the used ones all the time. <laughs> so we went to, to then proceeded to the doctor's room, mm -hmm. and uh, I walked in. I had protective Ziploc bags on my shoes, mm -hmm. but that's really the only thing that I did as far as my quote-unquote uniform I guess mm -hmm. um, we walked into the room there were two doctors there and they let me in and mm -hmm. they told Ryan okay you can go ahead and lay down well they said everything in Russian yeah I, I don't speak any Russian so they told Lasan what I would do and then I looked at her like a scared child <laughs> as she pointed me where to go yeah no, and, were they old doctors like in their they were probably 50s yeah. Maybe 40s. Yeah, I'd say early 40s. So, so their training was probably, they were probably in medical school when the Soviet Union was kind of falling apart. Right? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, again, this is on the first floor. Windows were open. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can see in. It's the first floor. People can literally see in. Um, so he lays down on this on bed on his side. And I, not being in any kind of medical uniform, I'm holding his legs. Mm -hmm. They're like, hold his legs. And so they spray this. To get an antiseptic, you use it whenever you have a sore throat. Numbness, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, like, uh, like, like a sore throat, like for a cold, or is something stronger? No, like a sore throat to completely numb oh. the, the like your tonsils and oh, stuff. That would be great in case I have a throat ache sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, and then they shot. But this was stronger than that. Like oh. it, at first, it felt normal, and then all of a sudden, like I couldn't feel my throat really at all. Yeah, and then they shoved the tube down his throat and mm -hmm. keep yelling at him, don't close your eyes, don't to, close your eyes. I was trying to go to my happy place <laughs> and just like close my eyes and breathe controlled and just not imagine that I'm in this Soviet Russian hospital <laughs> with two ladies and my girlfriend shoving something down my throat. 
So, so I the, just the ladies were the nurses. Yeah. Oh no, they were doctors. They, they were, were doctors. doctors. The ladies yeah. were. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah and they had a screen, and I could see his stomach. Mm-hmm. That was very fun. Um, and then the whole thing lasted like maybe two minutes. Yeah. And he brought his own towel because um, my dad told him to bring his own towel because in Soviet hospitals, you usually have to bring your own things. Like they wouldn't give them to you. Like your toothbrush. Your yeah. toothbrush. You want it, you bring plate, it. cup, uh, all of that. Um, if you were staying in a hospital for extended period of time, you would have to bring your own toiletries, uh, spoon, whatever it is. So my dad told him to bring a towel with him, and I think that's the moment when I saw Ryan truly terrified by, because he was like, why am I bringing my own towel to the hospital? I would be confused and terrified too. <laughs> what kind of supply problems do you have? Like, is there a pool at this hospital? <laughs> So he brought his own, he like laid his own towel under oh. under his face. Mm-hmm. And then the whole thing lasted two minutes. And then he got up and this doctor who was just shoving that thing down his throat sat down on her desk, which was in the same room. In the same room. And typed up whatever it is that she needed to type up about the results of his procedure. Mm-hmm. Then she printed it on a little printer that was also on that desk, handed it to me and said, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, it. And the next person walked in. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And we came out, we took off our blue Ziploc bags from our boots, mm-hmm. and we went home. The entire and had thing. Breakfast. The entire. And had breakfast. <laughs> so uh, I'm on the ride back home, I'm assuming you, Lasan, were just translating the results about. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on Exactly, from the exactly. Paper. You were just like. Yeah, and we left home, I would say, say 8.45 a.m., and yeah. we came, we were back at home before 9.30, eating breakfast. Uh, as an American, that sounds that sounds amazing. It sounds like a lot. Yeah, instead of spending your whole day at the hospital just for mm-hmm. something as simple as, you know, like... A tube. A, uh, yeah. A tube and a little bit of confidence, because if I can do it, anybody can do it, like, yeah. honestly. Yeah, but to be, I mean, it was $31 in an included mm-hmm. endoscopy plus blood test because yeah. uh, they have to test him for high pylori. Yeah, um, H-pylori, yeah. Yeah, uh, H-pylori. However, I know this experience was pretty, I don't want to say pleasant, <laughs> but it was surprisingly good in terms it of was. how much time we spent and then how much money we spent. Yeah. But I was actually against him going at first because I had yeah. endoscopy done as a teenager when I lived in Russia in one of the Soviet hospitals that was free, a part of this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of this government system and the tube was much bigger back then <laughs> and when I walked in to get it done the doctor um, you know put this little um, protective thing in my mouth and like then started dentist, putting yeah. yeah and so started putting a tube down your throat and he was like why are you moving why are you moving and then he called an extra nurse who was just holding me down as he was like shoving it down my throat and it was a very traumatic experience. And when I came yeah, to the yeah, United States, hurt just from hearing about it. And when I came to the United States and found out that I need to do endoscopy, I was absolutely terrified. And when I talked to the doctor, to American doctor, they were like, "Oh no, we do anesthesia. What are you talking about?" And I said, "Oh no, in Russia they just like go right for it." And she was like, "Wow, that's like, that's crazy. We don't do that yeah, here. Yeah, we love that's our like medications torture. here. We love to be put to sleep." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was. Ryan's experience. The most expensive thing about going to the doctor in Russia, I think, is going to the pharmacy and buying medicine. That's actually really expensive. Mm. We spent about $200 for buying... For worth of medicine. Yeah. 
And apart from this, we also went to get ultrasound, and it was $4.50 for an entire ultrasound. An entire ultrasound. And again, there's little Ziploc bags for your shoes were free. And in a free hospital, you actually have to pay for them. So whenever my parents would come to visit me in a hospital, they would have to pay for each one to put them on the shoes before they would let them in. I'm surprised your mom didn't just like take them home, wash them, and bring them back. <laughs> like, no, we have new, we have clean. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Well, as an American, that all this—I mean, we're all Americans here. But as someone who grew up in America, you know, the healthcare system here, um, I always thought was the best. Mm-hmm. You know, the best one the money could buy. But there's so much bureaucracy, a lot of paperwork, you know, insurance companies, you have to go through a lot of things that it's sort of, I feel like a lot of Americans feel like we, we're only willing to go to a hospital once the pain is not tolerable. Because it's a pain within itself to have to go and fill out all these forms and, you know, and you have to wait a certain amount of time and you have to take time off work or off whatever you're doing, kind of go out of your way to spend a whole day in the hospital. Yeah. And, and it's never really clear how much you are going to pay. Yeah. Because the way that a lot of insurances are written is confusing, you know, in terms of copay, deductible, in network, out of network. So it can be really confusing. And then you think that you don't have to pay, you know, copay or whatever deductible, but then it turns out that you do. And then this procedure turns out to be $1,000, $2,000. So, but. Still, when I had very different experiences when I was a child, when I was a teenager living in Russia, um, for instance, this was the most traumatic one, and this just shows just how bad things were. Um, I ended up in the hospital on New Year's Eve, which is like the, the worst time to get sick because everyone in Russia is drunk. <laughs> and I was at my friend's house, and I had really, really bad pains. Um, like in my abdominal area. So we called the ambulance. They came in and said, why are you yelling? They were drunk. They were not drunk. They were just very mean. And they were like, okay, we'll take you to the hospital. So I went with them to the ambulance. They laid me down on like a metal bed. (laughs) And it was probably minus 40 Fahrenheit outside, right? It's, you know, 31st of December. (laughs) And I was freezing the entire way to the hospital I was freezing and I thought if I was okay before I'm definitely safe now (laughs) heal my legs and then we finally got to the hospital and we spent about 20 minutes looking for staff members we could not find anyone and they actually became nicer to me because they were starting to feel really bad because something could have been really wrong with me and I needed for instance, surgery, like we didn't know at that point what's going on. They didn't give me any medication. They didn't run any tests because the ambulance literally was empty. There were no equipment there except for one bed, a cold, this cold metal bed. metal bed. And we finally found a nurse who came out. I don't know where she came out of and she promptly fell over. She was wearing heels because she was that drunk. And the ambulance drivers, whatever, doctors said, okay, we're leaving now. So they left me with this drunk woman who filled out my paperwork barely. I don't even know how she managed to do that. And then said, 
okay now it's time for you to go and get your blood test I said okay so I went to the room right next to it where there were two doctors and he tried to take my blood test and I'm not joking it took him about 10 tries to get the needle into my finger because he couldn't it, he was he was so drunk and then they offered me a shot a shot of what? A shot of vodka. Okay. To... Did you take it? No, I did not. I would have taken it. Would've At that point, it. I should have. Yeah. I was still in pain. I was still in pain, yeah. although it was easing up. And then they said, okay, we also need your blood from your vein. And I said, oh no, you're not touching your vein. <laughs> because he couldn't even get to my your finger. finger. Yeah. And they said, okay, now go and wait outside. I said, okay. I'm waiting outside. There's no one. I don't know what the next steps are. I'm just sitting there. And then I finally see someone approaching, like a group of people. And I'm like, okay, finally they're coming for me to take me to my room. Because if you are admitted to a hospital in Russia, you're there for a month. You're not there like one or two days. They keep you there for a long time. I don't know why it's like the practice there. And I finally see doctors coming and I get up and walk towards them and they seem to be, you know, also drunk <laughs> and then I realized that right next to them are the patients that they're drinking with so it was like three doctors with like three female patients who are just drinking and behind them was one another like nurse who seemed sober but <laughs> it turned out that she was drunker than anyone else because she couldn't talk at all she was just she seemed sober because she was quiet yeah exactly and it then sounds like the best time to be in hospital for a month <laughs> is right around christmas uh, new year's free drinks and shots oh my, God. my stomach hurts here's a shot you have to bring your own shot glass though to the hospital <laughs> <laughs> and then finally the person who helped me was a janitor she's like why are you sitting here all by yourself and i was like i was told to wait for someone to take me to the room and she was like ah okay so she takes me to the elevator to like a third floor i think she opens a room, you know, and, and Russian hospitals usually have a room with multiple beds in it, like eight, ten beds in it. So she lets me in. This room was completely empty. Because it was empty, it wasn't heated because hmm. no one was there. And there was no light there. So she said, I'm sorry, you just have to lay down here. So I lay down. And in my clothes, because it was so cold, mm -hmm. and there was a blanket there, so I covered myself with a blanket. And yeah, that's how I slept. And I didn't call my parents because I didn't want to tell them that this is a situation. I was like, I'm just gonna handle this by myself. And thank God I didn't actually need a surgery. Mm -hmm. Like nothing, you know, nothing Serious. was seriously wrong. And then next morning, when it's time for breakfast, um, you have to eat at the same time as everyone else. They have like a bell, you know, when it's like it's breakfast. Like cattle, like cattle. oh my God. And second like prison. And so I'm like, oh my God, food, like I need to eat. So I go to the room where they give out food and it's like a little window where the cook, you know, gives you portions of food. And I come to the window and I was like, can I have porridge and, you know, whatever tissues? Like, where is your plate? And I said, oh, I, I don't have one. I was rushed here and then she was like, did you think you were going to a disco club? Uh. I was like, I don't bring plates to a disco club. <laughs> no. And she yelled at me, but finally gave me like a cup of tea. And so I had to then call my parents so that they can bring me a plate and a spoon so a that towel. I can eat in a towel. Oh. And, you know, um, 
I then proceeded to stay in this hospital for a month, and then by the end of that stay, they um, they told me, I said, I still have those pains. They were like, well, they were treating me from cysts, and then when I said, you know, I'm still in pain, they said, well, it might be your gold butter. And I was like, oh, can I check? They were like, no, we need rooms, we need beds, so we need to let you go today. After I was there for a month, so they treated me for something that I didn't have for a whole month and then released me and then I had to go to another doctor to indeed find out that it was my gold bar. Mm, my god, that sounds... And that's why I was really <laughs> reluctant to let Ryan go to yeah, Russian hospital. You've been inside the hospital for like months and you, didn't, you only brought a towel, not a plate. <laughs> so that would have been... You would have eaten, yeah. Would've you would have been able to sure shower died. but not eat. <laughs> or maybe put the food on top of the towel. <laughs> but but you know now um it's the system is a little better in terms of the choices that you have where you can go to a paid hospital just like Ryan did where you can pay for a service and it's much much cheaper than uh, here in the United States and you can get a procedure done uh LASIK you can get you know a lot of different procedures done right. in Russia uh, that would be much cheaper for you I mean I don't recommend to go there for like mm -hmm. any anything like elective Super, surgeries, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like a little, pl a little nip and tuck here and there. Um, but they have good hospitals. They have pretty good dental care now, oh, okay. which was super terrible when I was there. Again, free, free dental care. I just <laughs> no, don't, don't. Um, they also didn't do um, anesthesia for any kind of cavities oh my god so they would only send you for this um injection mm -hmm. for, local anesthesia yeah local anesthesia they would only send you uh to get local anesthesia for cavities if it starts if it started to hurt really bad and you couldn't stand it hmm. that's when they would send you to get so local anesthesia as they were inside your mouth and if you couldn't handle it if anymore. you were like ah and then they were like fine oh my god go get an anesthesia <laughs> And, you know, the equipment was really the biggest problems, I think, in Russia. Because a lot of times when you would go to a hospital, everything there was so, so, so outdated. Um, no matter how good of a doctor you are, if you're working with really old equipment, I think that it just, you know, you're not going to have that level of health care that you would want to have. Yeah. Especially when it comes to surgeries, because um, it's probably different now, but back when I lived there, you would have to get stitches if you had a surgery, and then you would have to go back to remove the stitches. <laughs> and that was really the most painful thing, removing the stitches and then uh, going back to make sure that you don't have an infection. And here, I found out, to my pleasure, when I removed my teeth, and uh, my molars, the stitches just dissolved. dissolved. Yeah. And I had to call my dentist because I was like, my stitches came off what should I do? And they were like, they're supposed to come off. Yeah. And I was like, really? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. for some reason, while they already had this technology in the United States, it did not happen in Russia. Well, I remember growing up, up until like maybe the mid nineties, you would sometimes still have to go back to get the stitches removed. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah it wasn't until like the late nineties that they started making a lot of like the stitches 
dissolved on their own and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah because I had a couple uh, cousins who got injured and they would have to go and get the stitches. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, they did. They would say that that was the most painful thing. Mm-hmm. But touching on the, on the subject of, um, you know, um, outdated medical equipment, uh, I, I have been trying to read up on the history of healthcare in Russia, you know, and how the, after the communist re- revolution, things kind of sped up a little bit. The organization about uh, uh, with healthcare, you know, okay. the union of nurses and doctors and stuff like that, and uh, education kind of spread out. So you know, it became more widely available. People had more opportunity to study and you know get into that profession it wasn't just in like moscow yeah it was it was, it, it was out in, yeah out where you're from kasan or you know mm-hmm. like not just the metropolitan areas of, of uh, soviet union but up until like the 80s you know um there were enough doctors in russia but one thing that the articles that i read talked about was that they lacked the the technology and like you touched on it a, a lot of um the it, you can have doctors and really good doctors, but if you don't, if they don't have the equipment that they need, you know. Yeah. So a lot of the medicine and a lot of technology was actually imported from Germany back then. So um, to me, it was first uh, surprising just because you know even here in America we have a, a a shortage on doctors and medical professionals compared to the population. I think it was I forget the statistics, but it, 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 obviously doctors are always in need especially ones that specialize in certain areas. But um, yeah, the technology, uh, Ryan, like when you talked about, you know, the tube that was shut down your throat, right? that wasn't like up-to-date technology, was it? Or would you um, consider it? I have a friend who's in the medical supply field for um, endoscopes, mm-hmm. and he said that what I described is about the same size. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the television they were showing it on was definitely lower quality than what you would see in a normal hospital. Mm-hmm. And they weren't able to record it. And here, mm-hmm. oftentimes, they do record, record it. it. Yeah. So they, they were just like, but by, by the trained eye, they had to go by the trained eye if they Pretty saw much. anything wrong yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow, that's mm-hmm. um, and that's really, I think that when we talk about any kind of system, healthcare system. There are, you know, obviously minuses and pluses, and one of the biggest advantages that the United States has, our medical care is really, really expensive, but it also, because it's private sector, it allows for competition, and people are willing to invest a lot of money in equipment, say, and so to this day, a lot of people who are well off in Russia, when they get sick, and when it comes to heart surgeries, cancer, you know, treatment of very, very important, very um, serious um, sicknesses, they go to the United States for treatment. They don't stay in Russia. Or Western Europe. They, uh, go, to Europe. they go to Europe, yeah. And a lot so, of these procedures are also newly newly founded, you know, and, like stints and... Yeah, and so. but that's the thing. The reason why there is an opportunity to... or The reason why they were discovered here in the United States and not in Russia is because money is invested yeah. in yeah. medical yeah. care here. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that drives the cost up yeah. tremendously. Um, so, you know, I think both systems have definitely, uh, big advantages and disadvantages. Yeah. I think the most, the thing that stands out to me the most is that you, you guys described it was like a menu almost when you first got there. Yeah. Like, you know, what's wrong with you? Here's the menu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's something that will help us find out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that to me is kind of, um, odd, <laughs> but I feel like it it kind of eliminates all the questions absolutely right away and it eliminates a lot of administrative costs that are yeah. that is associated with the medical system here because 
Um, there is so much work that needs to be done as far as talking to insurance and the doctor's office, right? This person in the office or multiple people in the office, their entire job is just figuring out your insurance because each person who comes in has different coverage, has different insurance, has different, within the same insurance company, has different coverage. And so when you come in and they say, all right, you need to have an MRI or a CAT scan, you're like, well, let's hope it's not gonna be $7,000 or let's hope that my insurance actually has coverage for that because it's just so complicated. And it would be wonderful if you could just come in and say, all right, this is how much it's going to cost you if you want to do that right away without having to wait, you know, for days and weeks before insurance actually lets you know how much it would cost you. But, you know, one of the things that is a big part of treatment is people in Russia turn to to home care, I guess, or homeopathic um, care. Any person in Russia will pretty much, whenever you have any kind of pain, will recommend a kind of leaf or plant or tea that will cure it. Mm. That's a big thing. And I think it comes from a general lack of trust in uh, in doctors mm-hmm. and their ability to cure you. And also, a lot of people think that if they go to the doctor and if they're going to be stuck in a hospital for, say, 30 days, which is a general practice there, you're going to get worse. So from my experience, I... I stayed in the hospital for about a month for like another thing. I think I had pneumonia maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, in that hospital, the conditions were less than ideal. We had cats walking around the floor. In the hospital? Yes. Well, and were they there to cheer you up? Or... <laughs> no, they were there for a completely separate reason, of course. What were they eating? Um, I came the to the rats. Nurse. Oh, speeches uh... I just got. <laughs> I this was after I already lived in America for like four months and I went back and you know had to go to the hospital they keep you there for 30 days and they don't let you out they don't let you out there was a girl in on my floor who tried to run away three times oh my God. she tried to run away from like a window <laughs> what did she, she have um no, I don't remember, but I, they kept bringing her back. Like people oh, in hospitals tried to run away, actively tried <laughs> to run away. It is like prison. So anyway, because I already lived in America and been in American hospitals, I sort of understood how things are supposed to work. So I started noticing things that I don't think were, you know, yeah. appropriate. <laughs> I would not be okay with a cat chilling with me inside. So them. there was no. a cat in the kittens she just had like kittens right don't tell me she gave birth like right she there gave birth the right there in the hospital oh, and <laughs> well at least she was in the hospital <laughs> <laughs> and i came to her nurse and i said why are there cats here and she said oh there are rats in the basement so they catch the rats so we were on a second floor so that meant that they go into that basement with rats and go and eat them i suppose right and then they come back and then they just hang out all clean Oh, yeah. licking themselves. I huh? hear they actually put on small little blue Ziploc. <laughs> they are free huh? of charge, though. Free of charge for them. <laughs> they only wear them in the basement where it's dirty. Come back upstairs, it's fine. Um, and then a lot of the patients were playing with them. Were playing with them, cuddling them, yeah. you know, kissing feeding them, them, kissing them. Mm, those rats taste like <laughs> <laughs> And so I can only speak for my floor, right? My floor was. Um, People with uh, like lung diseases, oh, which perfect, <laughs> and each 
Each room had about eight beds in it. Oh, I thought you were going to say eight cats. <laughs> I did too, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> How many rats are down? <laughs> They're feeding a whole colony. <laughs> and so each room had one TV, and so there was like a fight for TV all the time. There was one heater for tea, like the old style, like wire heater for tea, one fridge. And then because you would have to bribe the doctor to actually get a space in the room, that was like prime, you know, territory. Uh, people who couldn't pay the doctors to have a space in the room, they were in the hallway. So there were a bunch of beds in the hallway. Just hanging out. Just hanging out. They had no privacy Looking at all. in. Yeah. Where they look at, at you <laughs> like with TV. envy. Like, <laughs> okay. they wanted to hang out with the cats. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then there was like a separate room where they would feed us, where you would go to eat. Okay. Um, and cats would just walk around. They were the owners of it. They were, yeah. And the bathroom, and the craziest thing is that we were put on quarantine because there was like an an outbreak of some kind of <laughs> a disease. <Ebonic> play? <laughs> From the cats. <laughs> and I was like, well, do you have cats here? Of course you have some kind of disease roaming around. So, Fleas okay. and ticks and oh my God. possibly lice from the rats. Oh yeah. So the bathroom itself, let me describe you how it looks like. There's one sink where people threw up, right? Wash their hair, wash themselves because people there's no shower. People don't throw up in the toilet in Russia? Um, Is that not well, proper etiquette? Okay. Good question. Okay. So there were about, there were more than 50 people on, on that wing, right? There were three toilets that were cut out in the ground. There were no doors. So there was a main door to the bathroom. And then there were three toilets. You was couldn't there, sit down. Was you there had plumbing? to squat. Was there plumbing? There or? was plumbing, yes. It, oh, so it wasn't just a hole. It was... Yeah. yeah. There was water in there and lead somewhere. Correct. But it wasn't like a toilet seat. Mm -hmm. So you had to like squat. squat. Good luck if you have back problems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you had to bring your own toilet paper. They wouldn't give you toilet paper. Oh and my god, where are you storing all these things you're bringing? Might as well just bring your own toilet seat cover too <laughs> while you're at it. Jeez. And so if the toilet seats are occupied, and because they're on the floor, throwing up is easier in a yeah. sink. Mm -hmm. So And there were no showers. And you're there for 30 days, mind you. So you have to wash your hair, right? You, you did the whore shower. You did wet for 30 tissue. days, that's what you're doing in the hospital. You're doing like... Petting the cat and then just <laughs> rubbing all the extra fur on you <laughs> for protection. <laughs> and then there was a window. So the last stall was right next to the window and the window was pretty big and none of it was painted so as you were squatting there and pooping like people from the yard or from you know hallway how's the air today <laughs> and then on top of everything on the window seal they would ask some people to collect pee for you know for tests and sometimes you know here you just pee a little bit you give that over but there um, for some diseases, it was a requirement to collect a certain amount of pee, like three liters of oh pee. Oh my god. <laughs> so it would take the whole day to collect all the pee? Not a whole day. It would take like multiple days. Three liters is like a jar this thick. It's a I huge a jar. Water, okay. So I pee a lot. So Donald Trump's story is starting to have more credibility. Yeah. <laughs> pee is a valuable commodity in Russia. <laughs> There's a reason why he made those horses. Am money. I the only one who was imagining like dill pickle jars in the sun, just full of pee? Uh, that's exactly how they look like. Okay, that right. is exactly how they look like. Those jars, you know, you also have to bring from home. Oh no, oh, sweet Jesus! Oh my, just bring oh, everything from home. Okay, you know what? I have a 
I have a better idea. Just bring the doctor yeah, to your home. Yeah, just get the doctor and the cat, too. You have, you have to bring your own cat, too. At least you didn't have to bring your own cat. <laughs> <laughs> so the rats wouldn't need you at night. Uh-huh. And but, but you bring the jars from home, and those jars are usually from used, like, pickled onions or whatever it is. They were, like, food jars, you know, giant food jars. And as you were peeing there, or pooping... Here they are in the sun on the window seal right next to you. Bunch of jars. Don't get with confused. Pee yeah. And with names on it, so oh. you can be like, oh, okay. "Oh, Maria from room number five has really brown pee." <laughs> Give her water. <laughs> because people were sick, so a lot of those peas mm-hmm. looked. I mean, even more disgusting than regular peas, mm-hmm. and they're all in the sun, just you know, hanging out there, getting warm. <laughs> I feel like letting pee sit in the sun. Changes its composition. Yeah, by the time you test it, would it change its composition? You would feel like it. Now, there there is a subject we have not touched on, which is the mental health care aspect. Now, I mean, the health care aspect in general sounds. I mean, there's some good situations like you know, cheap, Mm -hmm. uh, very cold, and (laughs) seemingly mean doctors who get drunk but are very expedient in the process you know you don't need to be nice if you pay 31 dollars and they tell you what's wrong with you you know right. you don't have to yeah. be nice to me yeah maybe offer me a shot but that's you know shot of vodka <laughs> but as someone who ha- i've kind of been involved in the mental health care aspect here you know uh, uh, i was diagnosed with depression at a very young age um i've always felt like here in the u.s um uh, the mental health uh, care system needs improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they they obviously rely a lot on medication, medication oh, yeah, and yeah. therapy. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, there there's still a stigma here about it too. You oh know? Yeah, yeah. I remember the first time I I, I wanted trying to explain to my doctor who had been my doctor since I was like seven. I was about fourteen at this point that I thought I was depressed, and his response was like, "Well, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> there's nothing wrong with you." Everything's mm. in your head. I'm not a psychiatrist. So mm. he kind of just walked out. Yeah, How is the... Helpful. Yeah, right. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously, the drinking. <laughs> self-medication. Yeah. Self-medication. Yeah, I mean, alcoholism is a huge problem in Russia. And a big part of it is that a lot of alcohol is just not good quality alcohol. People... Um, people, a lot of green alcohol. Yeah, people drink um, perfumes. Wow. People drink... Uh, Mouthwash. Uh, yeah, people drink rubbing alcohol. I'm rubbing alcohol. Winter time is when a lot of these things happen. Yeah. Because you know, people do like to spend their winters a little warm. You know, mm. when it's minus thirty degrees outside, I drink perfume too, <laughs> and pet a cat too. And you're on a lack of vitamin D as well. Yeah. At that point. Uh, yeah. Permanently on the lack of yeah. vitamin D, I think if you live in Russia. Well, y- you know, this aspect that you're talking about Russia, it sounds like um like medical extremes you know and I I remember when I was 14 I did uh, you know like I'm a very short person I'm five foot two mm-hmm. at least I thought she was five foot two, two I and thought I was five foot two five foot three we measured ourselves last because <laughs> so I was like uh, did I grow or <laughs> you sh- I'm sure I haven't grown um, but I remember it, it, it was one of those National uh, Geographic um, you know shows where they talk about medical extremes and stuff like that and the, the catchphrase was you know the, before they went to commercial would you like to grow a couple of inches? You know, there's this <laughs> medical procedure in Russia where you're guaranteed to grow a couple of inches. And obviously I was like, what? I was like, what? This was like 14-year-old me in high school. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to grow. Everyone else is, and I'm not. Yep. I'm pissed. <laughs> so then um, they, uh, uh, when they came back from commercials, they talked about this um, 
uh, private hospital in Siberia. I think it was by Vladivostok, which is the Siberian oh, okay. part of uh, Russia. It's all the way, all the ne way near China and North Korea. Korea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, by the Sea of Japan, and um, and a lot of um, Russian and both Western and American uh, young, soon to be, as or aspiring to be models who were five foot seven, five foot nine would go there and pretty much pay, I think they said about $15,000, which I was like, okay, this is expensive, but it could be worse, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. And they paid to have their legs broken. Mm -hmm. And then each week they'd separate centimeters mm -hmm. here and there because, you know, obviously your bone starts to grow and reattach it. And before it reattached, they would separate again. Mm -hmm. So they'd spend a whole year bedridden. You know, they're supermodels that don't have to eat a lot, you know? Um, <laughs> so they don't have to worry about that. Um, but pretty much to grow a couple of inches, like someone wow. who went in their five foot seven coming up, like if they're lucky, five foot nine. And yeah, half. yeah. I, I've heard about that. Okay. Yeah, and to me, this kind of opened my eyes when it, uh, uh, to the medical situation in Russia where, you know, like you have all these trained doctors and they were real doctors yeah they weren't like oh, I'm just gonna cut, break your leg you know, <laughs> and hope you know they were real doctors but if you had the money you could have elective surgeries like that that yeah. you that would be like that wouldn't be tolerated here in the West yeah like like even if you have the money if you want to pay that would be people who consider that inhumane mm -hmm. yeah um, you know you're at risk for infection because it's an open wound for pretty much a whole year you know and how much pain do you have, not even during recovery, but then years to come? Yeah. I mean, anyone who has broken bones, I'm sure, will understand. Like, well, it's a complete fracture as well. Yeah. 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 Like, literally, like, they, like, hammer it, you know, old-fashioned. Like, they would put, like, those little braces on the knees, and, you know, mm -hmm. they'd select where, I think, the weak part of the bone was at, you know, depending on the person, and they just go in with, with a hammer and a little stick, you know, and da 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 you know? <laughs> And um, yeah, so it kind of opened my eyes to the situation in Russia medically and how if you, like you said, you know, there's a lot of people that have the money mm -hmm. come to the West, mm -hmm. to Western Europe or um, in North America to have, when they have serious health issues like cancer and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But uh, definitely there's also like a, I found it funny because there's oh, most of these, about half of them were Westerners, some of them were Russian, you know, but the Westerners would they couldn't have that surgery over here so they'd go over there oh, wow. so it was like this you know free-flowing so you know? interesting yeah to me it was very interesting needless to say I was like oh, I'd rather stay short <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna come up five five after a year you know yeah, exactly. what's the difference pain yeah this is not really related but I was reading about Rasputin who you know no, th this is to the point that Russians are really into um, like mystic, alternative mystic medications yeah. and you know, Rasputin, of course, had really close ties to the Russian, um, the, Tsars. Uh, the Tsars, because the only son that they had had hemophilia, and it, it is believed, or rather the mother believed that Rasputin was um, somehow treating the son and was making him better, mm. right? Um, I found out that Rasputin had a daughter who um, immigrated from Russia, and uh, lived here in Los Angeles and was <laughs> worked in the circus as a tiger tamer and is buried seven minutes away from USC main campus. Wow. Uh, so about what was her name? 
uh, I don't remember her name, but she, you can go and see her grave. She lived in Los Angeles. <laughs> and when, when did she immigrate? Um, she, I know she died in 1977. So she lived in Los... So she lived, probably left after the revolution or something like oh, that. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. She probably had to. She yeah, probably had she to. Probably had to yeah. Uh, but yeah, she, she worked in the circus. Rasputin, the and, guy that they tried to kill many times. Oh, many times, and yes. they could not succeed. They could not succeed until they literally put they a bullet in his forehead. Didn't they stab him too or something? And they, they stabbed him and threw him in the river and he still survived after that. God. Yeah. Uh, so he's he was a very influential and also terrifying figure, and I was kind of surprised to see that his daughter he lived in Los Angeles. Child for Russian healthcare. Uh -huh. I was going to say perhaps the only reason Rasputin lived so much is because he didn't go to the hospital. Anymore. Oh, <laughs> alternative healthcare helped him get through all the stabbing and wounds. <laughs> it was like that never. Usually that kills everybody in yeah. Russia. <laughs> like not get going to treat yourself with herbs. It's not even a sharp knife, it just has tetanus on it. <laughs> That'll get him. Slowly. Throw a cat at him. <laughs> there. Go hang out in the basement with a cat. <laughs> we'll call you when you're needed. Where's your plate? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Do we have anything else? No, I think I think well, I mean, from my end, is very informative, very eye-opening because I did spend a couple stays in the hospital when I was little. Yeah, and they were terrifying experiences. I remember um, I did spend about a month in a hospital once. I was a very bad eater when I was little. I didn't like to eat. I was very underweight, so they finally decided to hospitalize me, and they did the whole, um, you know. IV. IV thing, and they had to hold me down. And as a six-year-old, I was like, oh my god, yeah. yeah. I seriously thought I was going to die. They held mm. me down and stuff like that. The hospital was weird. Um, it was a county hospital, you know. Mm -hmm. um, he, here in America, I think when you're under the age of 18, it's subsidized, like Medicare. For now. Healthcare. For now. Yeah, for now. And um, it was very definitely... Um, an experience that I still remember kind of odd I was excited because it was I was away from home yeah but mm -hmm. I was also very early on I realized that all the kids around me were there because they were really ill they yeah. had heart problems as opposed to me I was just there because I was you know I'm malnourished um I mean not to the extreme where I was dying but right. you know, I was dehydrated and they I was a very sickly child so they were like oh, we'll just keep him around you know interesting point about IVs that I forgot to bring up um, one of the things that I was amazed with when I got when I was in the hospital here is they they uh, put in sort of something that's more like a plastic right mm -hmm. in your vein and then they close it and whenever they need to put in an IV or they need to do another injection they just open it up and instead of stabbing you multiple times with a needle they just use the same plastic tube that's already in your vein in Russia they poke you every time stabby, stabby. and um, when I was in a hospital every single time that I was in a hospital they give you about eight injections a day uh, between the vein and also in your butt and um, they do it again they stab you every time they poke you in the butt every time and so but by the time you are done with the hospital after a month being there you look like a drag addict first of all mm -hmm. because all of this is blue and black on your on your arms and also very often you then have to go back to the hospital for treatment because you have such terrible bruises and um, like rock hard <laughs> spots on your butt because uh, for like the fluid doesn't get ingested basically and yeah and so I remember my brother was in the hospital for a while and then for a whole month my mom had to take him back for special treatments because his butt 
was just black basically from continuous you know injections and 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 by the way they do them i don't know why but they space them out and some of them take uh, take place in the middle of the night so you would be sleeping and all of a sudden you're like wake up and it's like boom they're oh stabbing God. you in the butt that is the best story i've heard so far <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right well that's it for today my name's abraham i'm lisan and i'm ryan